You're listening to the City Church Tallahassee podcast. For more information about City Church, please visit us online at citychurchtallahassee.com. Zach, if I wasn't in my Christmas feels yet, I am officially. And we believe the Christmas season officially kicks off with City Church's Christmas on the Moon, uh, especially when the Jingle Bell Run gets canceled. We officially won. Uh, so it kicks off with us, and it's good to have everybody here today. And here's what I want you to know, that the big story of Christmas is Christ coming here to earth to redeem his people to himself. And what it shows us is that one day everything that is wrong right now will be made well. Everything that is wrong right now, all the brokenness, the pain you're feeling, the anxiety you have, the health issues in your family, the when is this going to stop? One day it will, because Jesus will return and make all things new. He already has come once. We call it the Advent, Christmas, and one day he will come again and have the full victory over all things. So I want you to know that and feel that and get that and grasp that and believe that, that Jesus really is the one that he claimed to be. Let's pray together and then we'll jump in. Our Father, we are so thankful for your grace, for your love, for your mercy, We're thankful that Christmas points us to the heart of God, that you came here to redeem a people for yourself. You don't punish us as our sins deserve. That baby would grow up and die on a cross. We wouldn't have to ultimately spiritually die. We can live with you forever because of your grace and because of the work of Jesus on our behalf. As we think of Christmas this year, let it point us directly to the life of Jesus that was perfect, the cross of Christ that was for us, and the resurrection that declared him victorious as we wait for the second coming, that Jesus will return to this earth, and that all one day will be well again. We thank you for all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So the Grinch. If you can't tell, we talked about a little some Grinch songs today. And by the Grinch, we do not mean the college football playoff committee. Uh, that is not who we're talking about. I had some Florida State big diehards text me and ask if the bar was going to be open at the moon. So, (laughs) you know what? Alabama might be in the playoffs, but they also marry their cousins. So whatever. Okay, take what you want. All right, so here we go. So what was, what was the issue? What was the issue with the Grinch? What was the problem? Well, the original Grinch, like a 20-minute old-school cartoon, the real one, by the way, my favorite one. His heart was what? It was small. It was, good job. It was two sizes too small. That later he went to three sizes, but it was two sizes too small. That was his issue. That was the actual problem. You know what the Bible says about our hearts? It's not very Merry Christmas, I promise you. It says in Jeremiah 17, the heart is more deceitful than anything else you know what else it says an incurable who can understand it and we like to claim we understand hearts he has such a good heart she has a heart of gold she has the most pure heart i've ever seen he's really good hearted the bible says actually that's not how god thinks about us He says, I, the Lord, examine the mind. He has the right to do that. He is our creator. He is the God over all things. I test the heart. And that test, just like my high school chemistry exams, does not turn out well. He says, I test the heart to give each according to his way. And what is our way? Our way is not God's way, the Bible tells us. Our way is what we want in this moment at this time. Saying, God, no thanks. I don't want you. I want me. I want your stuff. 
He says, you know what happens as a result of that? Our rebellion against God, our betrayal of God, our telling God no. He says he's going to give us according to what our actions actually deserve. That might sound strange. You're going, come on, the heart. I know I have a good heart. Are you telling me my grandma doesn't have a good heart? I mean, she's one of the most sweethearted people I've ever met in my entire life. Or we say things like, he broke my heart, or that broke my heart. I'm a kid of the 90s, so we don't tell our heart, our achy, breaky hearts. You know, like it's, it's used so often. But we don't really know what we mean when we use that kind of terminology. Because what the scriptures refer to when they talk about the heart, it's not talking about one, the organ, that gives life giving blood to the body, it's more the whole of who we are. So that broke my heart actually makes more sense because it means it did something to me. It did something to who I am inside of me. He has a heart of gold, but that's not how God sees it. He sees a heart that was created to worship him and nothing else, but instead worships everything else. So what happens we're told the wage of sin is death, so don't think heart in terms of your feelings. See, we think about the heart sentimentally, and that's fine for just kind of everyday living, but not the big picture of who God is and what that means for us. Think of your spiritual heart, the depths of who you are, your inner core person, not one you can see, not even one you can always feel, but one that reveals the truth of who we are, a spiritual heart. So what the Grinch needed was not to catch the Christmas spirit. It was not to be more like Cindy Lou Who. It wasn't just to return the presents, even that was a good act. It wasn't just for it to click. It wasn't for him to be more inspired by the people singing and how they reacted to his cruelty towards them. What the Grinch needed was a heart that was two sizes too small to come alive. And the Bible says we don't have a small heart. We have a dead heart apart from Jesus. Christmas, though, is the story. There's good news for us of Jesus fulfilling what was promised and giving us our greatest need, which were actually new hearts. The Christmas story is one of God doing a heart transplant for us. The book of Ezekiel told it like this hundreds of years before Christmas. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and all your idols. So impurities are sin, the things we do and don't do, sins of omission, sins of commission, and then also our idols, things we worship, and they're really linked together. I will give you a new heart. What an amazing promise. And put a new spirit, it's a spiritual heart within you. And here comes the surgery, the spiritual surgery. I'll remove your heart of stone. What stone means it's dead. A rock-solid, dead heart. I'll remove that and give you one that's actually spiritually beating. One that's alive. A heart, the Bible calls it, of flesh. I will place my spirit within you and cause you, that the idea of my love will cause you now to follow my statues and carefully observe my ordinances, Ezekiel 36, verses 25 through 27. So what's happening here? What's the story of Christmas? The story is God meeting our greatest need, which is regeneration. Here in the moon tonight, I'm going to teach you some theology. Regeneration is our biggest need for dead people with dead hearts of stone to come alive and live a new life in the second chance God gives us. Matthew Barrett says this, regeneration, just to teach you this real quick, 
is the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit, God the Spirit, by granting its grace, he gives it to us, spiritual life to dead sinners, heart of stone to heart of flesh. The sinner's heart of stone must be removed and replaced with the heart of flesh. One that is not dead from Ezekiel, but is actually alive. And who can perform that surgery? Again, the Grinch's issue was that you got to get better. You got to get more Christmassy. You got to get more in your feels. Be less Grinchy. His issue was he needed someone to make him alive and give him a new heart. But you can't give yourself a new heart. You have to depend on it from somewhere else. And God actually gives it to us. But again, if you only think about the heart sentimentally, then this is all kind of eye roll. What we're saying figuratively is if our hearts are just fine on their own, that Christmas didn't need to happen. See, the reason Jesus came was because what Ezekiel talks about is true of us. Not just that we receive a new heart, but that we needed one because we had a heart of stone. A.H. Frank, the theologian, says of regeneration, no doctrine in Christianity, so no belief that Christians have, is more necessary than the doctrine of rebirth, of a new life. This is the very ground upon which Christianity stands. That God has come to give us something new. And what is the new he gives us? A new heart, a new life, a new chance. The old is gone, we're told. The new has come. If anyone's in Christ, they're a new creation, the Bible tells us. So don't miss the reality that this is the Christmas story. That God and his love have, has come here to earth to give you a new heart. Jesus said this, truly I tell you. When Jesus says, truly, I tell you, it means listen up. Unless, as in there's a condition here, someone is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You might go, oh no, born again language. Are we in a Baptist tent in the middle of the rural forest? Is it rural tide time, right? That, that's the first thing that comes to mind. But here's what, what happens when we don't read our Bibles. Born again is not some kind of southern revivalist language. Born again is Jesus' language. And Jesus said, if you're going to see the kingdom of heaven, if you're going to be in a relationship with me, if you're going to have a new heart, if you're going to be able to call yourself Christian, it means you must be born again. As in given a rebirth, a regeneration, a new spirit, taking what was spiritually dead and making it alive. And the only way that happens is by God invading our hearts and waking us up in faith and repentance to who he is and what he's done. To who he is, that he is the Messiah, Jesus Christ, and what he's done for us, which is what he's done for us that we could not do for ourselves Forgive ourselves of our sins and not just forgive us, pay the consequence for our sins. Because when Jesus died on the cross, it's not some random Christian symbol. He actually died a death that we deserve because of our rebellion against God. That's why Christians use the word grace and love and mercy so often because of what God has given to us. Free for us, but costly for Jesus. When I was uh, on Thanksgiving, went away for Thanksgiving to see my sister in Charlottesville, Virginia, with my family, my cousin was there as well. He lives there. He is a cardiologist at the University of Virginia. So go Cavaliers. And harmless. They go like three and nine every year. So harmless. So, 
So he, while we were at dinner, at Thanksgiving dinner at my sister's house, he had to leave early and had to be on and was watching his phone because there was a heart transplant that was coming and was ready at the hospital for a child. Which, what a neat story in the tragedy of someone else losing their life that someone else be able to live with this new heart they would be given. So after we had the pumpkin pie and everything else, he started driving over to the hospital to go perform and be a part of this heart transplant surgery. And that's physically what he does. He's a cardiologist. He is involved in surgeries. He works with pediatrics specifically. But Jesus is also referred to as the great physician. Why? Because God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, who is God, does the ultimate heart surgery for us. He actually does a transplant so that we can be born again and made new and receive a heart of flesh rather than a dead heart of stone that we already possess. But just like the little kid who received the heart in Charlottesville, somebody had to die so that that kid could live. And here's the reality. For us to be able to spiritually live, someone had to die. And you might go, well, why is that? Why? I'm like, okay, okay, it makes sense, but, but I don't get the big, I get the analogy, but I don't get the, the why behind it. Like, why can't we just be good people and just try harder and be sincere and be loving and those kind of things? Because all those things which are really good things don't deal with the fact that we owe God a debt for our sin. If we don't owe God a debt for our sin, then Christmas makes no sense whatsoever. Galatians says that if righteousness can be kept, can be attained by keeping the law, as in if goodness and rightness with God can be achieved by commands following and being good people, then Jesus died for nothing. But the angels told the shepherds they have good news of great joy for all people. And what is that good news of great joy? That you in Christ don't have to pay the debt for your sins, which is death, because Jesus paid them for you. That's why we say Merry Christmas. That's why we sing joy to the world, the Lord has come. That's why hark the herald, whatever that even means, the angels sang. <laughs> but what did they sing? Glory to the newborn king. Why? Because God, because of his work in sinners, will be reconciled. If everybody just has a good heart on their own, then what is Carolina doing going somewhere they don't have air conditioning? I don't even go camping for that very reason. I'm not buying the glamping thing. Don't try. Don't even try. Someone's going to come to me afterwards and go, have you tried glamping? Nope. This even sounds like camping. I'm out. Okay, so why is she going? Because there's good news of great joy for all people. And that good news of great joy is only good news and only brings great joy if it gets there. If it gets there. Because every person in Mozambique and every person in Tallahassee will give an account for their life. And either your account of your life is Jesus in my place forgiven or it's I'm fine on my own. And if you have the guts to stand before God based on your own merit and resume and accomplishments, I mean, you are braver than brave is brave. And please know that you will fail that test miserably. But the good news is there's Christmas. 
And Christmas led to Good Friday, which led to Easter. It will one day lead to Jesus coming back again to make all things new. So you might right now be in a place where maybe you're caring for someone whose physical heart is in bad shape. Maybe their mind is in bad shape. Maybe there's bad news from the doctor. But spiritually, if they know Jesus, you can know for certain their spiritual heart is in the right place because God is the one who guards that and protects that and made that possible. So Christmas is the story of Jesus beginning the process of wiping every tear from our eyes one day. And the way it happens is that we rest in certainty that the organ, spiritual organ transplant that took place in us, we don't have to take anti-rejection drugs. We don't have to wait to see if the heart's going to start beating. Why? Because when Jesus changes a heart, he changes it instantly and forever. Now, yes, we want to grow. We want to grow in our faith. We want to make our heart healthy, our spiritual heart healthy. And not because we think it can give us a new heart, but because we have one. There's criteria oftentimes. I'm not a doctor, so tell me if I'm wrong here. But to my understanding, there are criteria oftentimes, and there's sort of a pecking order, we could say, or order of importance and a criteria to receive an organ. Maybe if you're younger, it's a priority. You know, the, you know how it works with the Lord? It's those who know they need one that receive a transplant. For all people. So maybe the biggest barrier to Tallahassee understanding Christmas is that belief that we're just fine on our own. That yes, some God, and yes, some Jesus, and yes, some holiday season, but not so much where it messes with anything. And when I have conversations with people about faith, rarely is it somebody who has all these intellectual disagreements, which there's a place for those conversations. We need to have them. It's definitely a reality on campus for sure. But usually it's for folks that don't think they need a new heart because they believe their heart's just fine. They believe their heart's just fine. That would be true. That would be true if you had no sin. But one thing we all have in common here is that every single person in this room has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But the good news is Jesus has come to remedy and to fix and to give us pardon and forgiveness, healing, new life, and to make us new. So if you believe all roads lead to heaven, you don't believe in Christmas at all. I'm just telling you. If you believe it's just about being a good person and being sincere, you are more anti-Christmas than the Grinch. But if you believe that it's good news of great joy for all people, because we desperately needed God to intervene upon our lives and forgive us and save us and make us new, then you're the most Christmassy. You make Chevy Chase and Christmas Vacation look like the Grinch, okay? Because you get it and understand the need. So if you're here today and you're kind of new to church, not sure, hey, you've been through a lot, kind of dreading Christmas season, whatever it could be, I want you to know that in Christ, God is for you. He's for you. That in Christ, he has come to save you and allow you to be given a new birth and a new life and a new reality and a new purpose for living that's because of Jesus and what he's done. So would you give your life to Christ? Would you actually believe in Christmas for yourself? 
and actually believe that, yes, God sees our hearts and he's not impressed. So what did he do instead? He changed them. Not just changed them, made them new. Isn't Christmas great news? The doctrine of a regeneration that Jesus has come so that we could live and be born again. Let's pray together. Our Father, we are thankful for the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're thankful that you are the great physician. And that by the power of the Spirit, at our conversion, we receive new hearts. And those new hearts are in your hands forever. I'm thankful we don't have to wait and see if, the, if it's set in place the right way. Because when you heal and you make new, it's instant and forever. So I'm thankful every Christian in this room can rest assured that their heart is in the right place, even when they don't feel like it is, because their heart is with you, because you are the one who possesses it. You're the one who has it. So in the day-to-day, let us examine ourselves to find out and make sure that we're walking and living as people who have been given new hearts and whose hearts belong to God. So we ask you to forgive our sins. We ask you to help us to follow Jesus. And I ask this Christmas season that we'll actually get it. And we'll see the reason the baby came was for us. So he would grow up and he would die. And because of his death, we don't have to fear death. Because Jesus is alive and therefore one day we will be as well. But we're thankful that spiritually right now we are alive as we ever will be on this earth. Because the new heart that we have will beat forever in the name of Jesus. And we're thankful for it in his name. Amen. Let's stand together and sing some good news about our God.